On today's brand new Compete Everyday podcast, my buddy Patrick Allman is going to tell you why you have to stop doing nothing. What's up, competitors? Welcome back to the Compete Everyday podcast. My name's Jake Thompson. I'm the Chief Encouragement Officer here at Compete Every Day and your host for the Compete Every Day podcast, the only show where we help you build the competitor mindset by having conversations with leaders, with competitors, with people striving for their best life, sharing insights, tips, and practical takeaways that you can apply to win your work, your training, and your life. And this week's guest is no different. Patrick is a fellow speaker. He's an entrepreneur, but he is someone passionate about helping people to get out of their own comfort zone, get out of their way and stop doing nothing. You know, that's right in line with my mindset, my attitude here at Compete Every Day, because we were not born to live on the sidelines of life. We were not born to be the cowards in the stands who criticize others. We were born to be competitors on the arena floor, competing for our goals, our relationships, our best life with everything we've got. And in order to do that, we've got to be someone who takes that courageous first step. And so Patrick and I get into the discussion today about how can we spur ourselves forward? How can we encourage the people on the sidelines to get out there, to stop doing nothing, to start competing? And so today is a great, great conversation that I think not only will help you in your own journey, but will help you continue to grow as a leader with ways that you can further encourage and empower the people in your life, the people you interact with on your journey. Before we dive into today's show, couple quick notes. Thank you to everyone who continues to support the Compete Everyday book launch. If you have not grabbed your copy yet, please, please do so. Support the show. Support our work here at Compete Everyday by visiting book.competeveryday.com. The book is called Compete Every Day. The Not-So-Secret Secret to Winning Your Work and Life. And throughout the book, I talk about the seven key choices leaders make to excel in their work and life. The mistakes that I've made over the last 36 years. The areas where I waited on things to come to me. Where I believe success was only available for other people. For cool crowds, for popular people. For people that had it all together. Who had the talent, the money, the connections. And what I started to discover As I went along my journey, started researching successful people, I started seeing it wasn't about one magic thing, one talent, but more about the choices they made every single day. And in this book, I outline the seven key choices competitors make. And so if you're looking to build your competitor mindset for your career, your life, pick up a copy. It's now that time of year. It's May. We have seniors graduating high school. We have seniors graduating college. This book is full of lessons I wish I'd known. I wish I'd taken to heart when I was that age. And so if you're looking for the perfect graduation gift, especially that high school or college graduate was an athlete, pick up a copy at Compete Every Day. Go to book.competeveryday.com to grab your copy. We still have early release bonuses available, including the Compete Every Day bookmark decal, wristbands, and more. And there's special pricing for bundles of 10 and more. So if you haven't yet, grab a copy at book.competeveryday.com. Support the show, but more importantly, invest in yourself. Invest in building the competitor mindset so that five years from now, 10 years from now, you're not in the same position you are today. You're where you want to be with who you want to be there with, doing what you want to be doing, competing for that best life. 
And this book is going to help you outline the key choices you have to make every day to get there. As always, to get in touch with the show, shoot me an email to podcast at competeeveryday.com. If you haven't said hi yet, if you've been listening to the show for a few episodes, drop me a note. I'd love to get to meet you. I'd love to hear a little bit of your story, what you're competing for, what challenges you're looking to overcome, and why, how you found the Compete Everyday brand, how we can continue to create content that supports you. We've got some fun things coming for you this summer, including a new podcast show, a journal, and other great pieces of content designed to help you win your work, your workouts, and your life. But before we get there, we're going to bring on my buddy Patrick so we can learn how to stop doing nothing and start competing every day. So let's welcome to the show, Patrick Allman. Patrick, welcome to the Compete Everyday Podcast. Man, thanks. I've been looking forward to this. Man, I, I have been too. We got connected. Was it Laura that connected us quite a while ago? Uh, somebody, yeah, our speaker circle, Laura Gastro-Odding, shout out mm -hmm. to former guest, uh, connected us. And I immediately fell in love with your message of stop doing nothing, uh, which I think is, is such needed. Uh, man, even more so right now when people have some, uh, some time on their hands. Before we dive into where the inspiration for that came from, give everyone listening a little snapshot of what you do today because you've built a really successful career doing it. Well, thanks. I appreciate it. Um, I've been in business for about 20 years and my main function today is to run a digital agency teaching people how to how to basically monetize their, their thought leadership into products and services. So oftentimes people reach out to us when they don't understand the digital space and they want someone to make it really easy. So I spend my, my eight hours a day making marketing and making advertising easier for people so it doesn't scare them. I love that. And, and a lot of that work you said is around thought leaders, even coaches and consultants that do more one-on-one -on -one training consulting that need, honestly, more time, more hours in the day to be able right. to market and, and sell their knowledge. But ultimately, as we know, if, if you're a thought leader, if you're a consultant, there's only so many billable hours you have. It sounds like you come in and help them almost extend their reach. Exactly. Yeah, it was. I, I would love to say that everything over my 20 years uh, in business has been planned. This one just kind of was emerging of the fact that I'm, I'm very good with technology and I end up being very well connected eventually in the thought leadership circle. And, and it, those two things kind of merged together. I've always had a tech background. I've had that since I was like 10 or 11, but, but the perfect storm in the middle of my, my 20 year career of being an entrepreneur uh, has, has brought me to this point in my life. One thing I found interesting about your story that I didn't know when we first connected is that you spent time in the military early on and that was kind of some of your early work. I'm curious how that experience and your first jobs influenced this entrepreneurial passion or maybe the systems you've created for it. Uh, thanks. Um, yeah, I was in the Air Force from 86 to 90. Uh, 1986 to 90. I want to make sure that I, I cover across the decades here. Uh, yeah, I'm not the, I'm not the youngest chicken in the, in the roost anymore. Um, and during that time, I was uh, heavily technically involved in a top secret security clearance. I was working at the big secret underground in Omaha, Nebraska. I can say that now. I couldn't say at the time. Uh, but I think what the military kind of brought out in me or what I really learned with my time there was the importance of probably the simple repetitive things in life 
and discipline. I, I would love to say I'm the most disciplined person in the world. I'm not, but I'm constantly working on it. So when I first joined, you know, when you first join the military, you go through the boot camp and they are religious seven days a week about doing the exact same thing at the exact same time. And I took I, some of those lessons to this day still stick with me. Uh, I wasn't a big fan of the fashion, not a big fan of dressing in green or camouflage every single day. So that part didn't go well with me. But I think the military taught me a really good job of one, having a nice short haircut and number two, of just being really disciplined in most things that I do. I love it. I love it. So let's talk about some of that discipline and, and some of the habits and stuff you've built. Where did the inspiration to ultimately launch Stop Doing Nothing come from? Because I, I love the idea that people just get almost stuck at the starting line of anything and will create excuse after excuse after excuse. And, and you preach this message of just get it done and quit worrying about it being perfect. Exactly. Another phrase for that would be called analysis paralysis. Um, there are so many things I think that we want to do in life that we, we, are, we are almost bombarded with information, uh, the good information to make choices. And sometimes it's just you really do get stuck in analysis paralysis. I was actually doing some research on this recently. And I think I came up with this idea in 2007 ish is that that may be that may be right 2007 ish because i went back and like look when i registered the domain is what i did that's how you know these days when an idea really inspires you as you go look and you see if the domain is available but i think about that time in my life i i kind of went back to my military roots and i realized that um the number one the discipline of getting things on a regular basis but also how I believe the fact that when, when you're having a problem in life, whether it's monetary, whether it's physical, whether it's, it's other things like that, the, the, one of the worst things you can do is to literally do nothing. Uh, you know, you're having financial issues, let's say, which is going to hit people a lot right now. And a lot of people are sitting at home going, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. And when that goes on for too many hours and days, you've done nothing and you're in the same place, if not worse. Well, even if you don't know what to do, you know, you know that there are some things you should be doing. And so just pick any of those things. Just pick something small and simple to get done. And you can say, okay, today I got something done. So I started realizing that. And that came to place, whether it became uh, it, when it came to taking care of my body, whether it came to managing money, when it came to uh, working in my business. It's just do something little. Uh, I don't have it back here. I will someday, but I'm also a big fan of the phrase, you know, done is greater than perfect. Uh, I think oftentimes in life, like I said, we have a lot of choices on things and we don't know and we're afraid of choosing the wrong thing. And it's really hard. I've learned to sometimes choose the wrong thing. Any path, as long as you're making small forward progress, is going to get you a little bit closer and you're going to zig and zag, but you're going to get there eventually. Yeah, and I think a part of uh, what you talk about with the paralysis by analysis uh, is that we procrastinate certain things. It's not that we overthink it. We just kind of set it off to the side, and we, we know blog post is a great example. I've had a mm -hmm. post I've been needing to write for a month now <laughs> and just set it off to the side. And, and the problem with that is the longer we wait, the harder it becomes, and it, it's kind of like, I don't know if it's just me, but it feels like it's this little elephant on your shoulder that you know you need to get done, but you just keep carrying with you everywhere instead of getting it off your shoulder and, and getting after it. Would you say that procrastination piece is, is as much of a problem as just overanalyzing it? 
I think so. We take for granted um, the, the sunrises and the sunsets and the amount of hours and days that we have. And, you know, you, you do the same thing over and over. And all of a sudden you wake up and a year's gone by or a quarter's gone by or five years have gone by. And all that time, every week to yourself, you've been saying, I'm going to get on this. I'm going to get to the gym. I'm going to start my own business. I'm going to start my own cool apparel line. Uh, and that, that time adds up and it adds up really fast. It's really easy. It's really easy to say, I'll get to it tomorrow and go plop your butt in front of the TV. And the scary thing about that, at least I've realized, is that time adds up very fast. It does. It does. And, and so I want to switch gears just a little bit, but keep it on, on somewhat on topic. We talked before we hopped on air about all of our mutual friends at, at CrossFit or at CODA and CrossFit gyms that they have in the Oklahoma City area. Mm -hmm. uh, shout out to the CODA people that we love so much. Working out, I know, is a big part of your life. And, and for a lot of people, it's, they go through a similar sense in not just getting up and going and just walking out the door, having your shoes on. Mm -hmm. Right now, more than ever, people can't go to their gyms. They're having to quarantine at home. They don't have access to that gym, but, they, but that doesn't mean they can't do something. They can't do anything. When you're talking to people that just seem stuck, whether it's going to work out for the first time, starting that business that I know you help a lot of people with, what is something they can do just to get their butts in gear? Maybe it's a thought, a, an action, a, something to say, you know what, I've got to start building this right habit. Is it the little things? It, I really do think it is. There's a whole, in a, kind of like a subcult of the CrossFit cult, if you will, there's a whole series of, of, for example, in the fitness world of things I found that you can do that are body weight related. You know, as I work out with Trey and Andy Benefield and all those great people at CODA, there's plenty of exercises that I've learned from them that involve nothing but my body. I can get on the carpet in my living room and do planks a certain way, or I can reach a certain way. Uh, if you only have a certain amount of equipment, there are apps that will basically say, oh, I've got a 10-pound kettlebell. I've got this slam ball. Give me all the exercises I can do with that stuff. There, there are people – here, let me step, step back for a second – all the problems that people have had with not having enough equipment in the fitness world have been solved by somebody else and they've created a whole apps around them. So you know what, if you don't like the stretching in your living room floor, then like you said, put on your tennis shoes and go walk around your block. You know what, mark that off, celebrate that. And then the next day, do it twice. The following day, do it three times. For example, those of you people, those of you that love Apple watches because you're an Apple person, man, Get that synced up with a buddy and uh, hold yourselves accountable. That's something else I do with some friends also is make a game out of it. And also, like you said, just do the simple thing and the simple thing over and over and over. And all of a sudden, one day you've discovered you're walking around the block 10 times and covering a couple of miles. And it all started with one, one lap around the block. All, all starts with that first first step, first movement. Along those lines, because you're plugged into social media, you're active within your CrossFit community. Comparison is something that a lot of people I think listening can can relate to of, of the struggle with not wanting to take that first step, not wanting to do something because they're not going to be at the level that they see someone else at. What words of advice or encouragement do you have for those people that are doing nothing because they don't think they can do it to the level that someone else they see does? Um, I'd like to share with those people. I wish I could have a video of the first time I walked in and hung out with Trey and those guys 
and I am undoubtedly the oldest, the tall, usually the tallest and the heaviest and the clumsiest person in my CrossFit class. But it, when you find the right community and the right group of people, it doesn't really matter. People, when you surround yourself with people like that that want you to succeed, it, they, will, they will take you in if it's your first day in a fitness class, and they will take you in if it's your 10,000th day in a fitness class. Um, some of it has to do with the exercises, but a lot of it has to do with that community, which is, I think, one of the reasons that people like you and I just get so ingrained in that, in that group workout thing is half of it's the weights. But, or maybe 25% of it's the weights, but 75% of it is the community of people. So just try to find a group of people that are supportive no matter what your starting point is. You could be overweight, you could have some bone and muscle tissue issues or some tendon issues. Uh, you know, I'll give a very good example of, you know, we have a common friend, Trey. Trey knows that <laughs> it's funny, you know, because you, in, in, a, in a CrossFit class, you stand around the, the, the white dry erase board at the beginning and Trey's like, come on everybody, 5.30 class, come in. And he's like, we're gonna do this and you guys are gonna do 500 burpees. And Patrick, I've got something special for you. So a good community and a good coach knows how to modify it for, for beginners. And the last part I would say on this is that person that you see in any kind of bodybuilding or powerlifting or CrossFit competition, that person had a first day in the gym just like you. It may have been a month ago, it may have been five years ago, but everybody walked into a gym and started working out for the first time to get to their level. Oh, that's without a doubt. And, and the importance of community in that gym, I, you know, I did CrossFit for eight years. I've, I've done some other small group trainings and programs, and that's been the one aspect that's I've gotten the most out of. It's not the workouts. There's some workouts I'm like, I could care less of doing it, but it's the people you're doing it with, right. which make it so much more enjoyable, which goes back to the point of not only those people in the gym, but the people in life. Who are you surrounding yourself with? Who are you going through life with? I've got to ask just out of personal curiosity, what was your first CrossFit workout? My first CrossFit workout was, it wasn't actually at Coda. It was a different place that's since closed down. And I was used to the, the, um, the going into a sweats. I went in with like sweats and a long sleeve shirt. And I, I, if I'm not mistaken, I was just thrown into the class of the day. Um, yeah, nobody said, well, what's your experience? Maybe we should pull you aside or do this. It was, hey, we're doing this today. And well, I, there's, a, there's a wad and an AMRAP and a this and a that. I'm like, okay, I'll just do Simon Says. And it probably wasn't the most pleasant experience. I got over it pretty fast. Um, but I do remember that my first day at CODA, um, Trey and those people were very welcoming. And that's, that's uh, they, I think they do say what CODA means family. And so that's where I've I've stuck with ever since. Once I got there and got through a couple of classes and had that family kind of feeling that you talk about, I, I was addicted right there. I'm addicted to the, you know, I've always loved lifting weights. That's been the way since like 86 or 87, but I'm addicted to the, to the people as much as I am the weights. I love it. Yeah, I, I got back into weight training and lifting uh, kind of in my early 20s and then flash forward a few years, found CrossFit. Uh, my first was Fran. Uh, had no idea what kipping was. Uh, <laughs> finished it. I even did it with dumbbells and finished it and was just like, you know, like anybody, you're dead on the ground, exhausted. And the coaches are like, what was your time? I was like, what are you, what are you talking about? They're like, what was your time on the board? I was like, I didn't look. I was just trying to get through this movement, man. So Patrick, I want to ask you on that same note with community, mm -hmm. what do you do to intentionally put yourself in positions and with groups that help sharpen you 
career-wise, life-wise, so it's not just, uh, hey, I'm training with these people, but what am I doing to make sure I'm getting sharpened and, and built up in other areas? I think in that area, I'm, I'm, well, first of all, on the physical side, I'm always challenging myself physically, whether it's a, a class that they've designated or something I've seen someone else do that I want to do in my own free time. So on the physical side, for example, there's like an open gym on Sunday. I'll take something amazing I've seen somebody else do, and I'll try to do it myself in a slower fashion or a lighter fashion on Sunday. When it comes to the intellectual wise, I and this is hard these days, this is really hard, whether it's a Zoom call or whether it's a phone call or whether it's a conference, things like that, I try to get around a large variety of people. Um, you know, there's, there's certain conferences that all of us go to every year. And I have to admit, if I go to the same conference year after year after year, and I'm around the same people, it's I'm, the, the learning and the stretching and the growing kind of stagnates a little bit. So I'm always looking for new and different conferences to get around, to meet new people, to, to learn new perspectives. So as much as we love our home communities, I think it's important to just go find a variety of communities and hang out with people who have completely different viewpoints of yours, whether it's business viewpoints or marketing viewpoints or people that don't even like CrossFit because they found something else. Sit down and have intelligent conversations with those people and, and be flexible there and you're gonna learn something from them. It's, it's really dangerous, I think, on social media sometimes for us to only surround ourselves with the people, you know, the yes man, we're all this political affiliation or all this particular religion and we're all just patting each other on the back. You know, you've gotta have people in your circle that will challenge your beliefs and say, and, and make, make you grow. That's the only way we're gonna grow is by, is not by being around and doing the same thing over and over. It's by, basically running up against people who have different views than us and kind of pushing ourselves to think a little bit differently. I think that's what kind of keeps me sharp. I love that. I love that. And that echoes uh, something I heard this morning listening to Tim Ferriss and, uh, oh my gosh, uh, Ryan Holiday uh, have a conversation. And Tim talked about him living in Austin has been one of the better things because Austin has introduced him to people that believe very differently than he does. And he has the opportunity to build relationships with them. And, and he used, for example, he had gone to dinner at some restaurant with someone that was a very strong Republican in, in many areas. Not all, he didn't go far right, right, right wing and everything, but in a lot of areas, he believed that way, which was very different than Tim believed. And Tim was like, I never would have had this conversation or this relationship in San Francisco that I get in Austin because I'm surrounded by people that think differently and, and I can have these open conversations. And so I love hearing that. Uh, echoed from you because I think it's crucial for our listeners. It's easy to get tunnel vision, to only follow the people you 100% agree with and only go to those events that you see the same people time and time again versus being like, you know what? I want to try that event this year. I, I want to go to that. I think the people over there may be different, but they're striving to do well and the best that they can. I'd love to see what I can learn there. So right. uh, I appreciate you sharing that. What's, what's an event you've got planned this year that you were looking forward to or, or are still looking forward to uh -huh. uh, of attending as a non-speaker? Um, I think the one, well, that's a very good point because I was the first thing that was going to come to mind is I've got, I'm just going to deposit for a speaking gig in October. So I'm glad you, I'm glad you had that caveat there at the end. Um, in October though, I am going to, I've recently discovered a CRM I absolutely love, and this is not a plug for it. It's called Entreport. 
and uh, it's not only a good product, but there's a good entrepreneurial community around it. And their annual conference is in Santa Barbara in October, and I registered for that about a month ago. And I'm going to it for a few reasons. Number one, it's, it's the product. Number two, I am in love with the community, and I chat with everybody from the CEO on down on their vision for the company and their hobbies. Uh, it helps that I'm a pilot and the CEO is a pilot, so we're instant friends right there. But I think that what the vision for that company is, uh, is, is just amazing. And so that's, I've got, I've already got, I have my plane ticket book, but I've already paid my entry fee and that's going to be out in Santa Barbara. And I'm a West Coast boy, born and raised. And so any kind of event on the West Coast is instantly inspiring for me because I can consume all kinds of content during the day. And if it's a decent, you know, distance to the beach, I can go to the beach and I can have a good meal uh, and maybe an adult beverage and just kind of consume what I what I learned that day and then go back the next day and the and, and learn again. So yeah, the Entreport Conference in October in Santa Barbara is what I'm really looking forward to. Love it. That that was one of the reasons I would always attend uh, social media marketing world is a chance to see some old friends, kind of like our NSA events, but uh, man, to go at the end of the day and, and grab a bite and see the ocean and kind of recap uh, just very relaxing compared to, to other cities and events. And so I, I'm with you on the West Coast stuff. Patrick, where can people following find out more about you, about Stop Doing Nothing, uh, and as well as learn about your work in case they're a business owner, thought leader, that something that we've talked about today has piqued their interest? Well, it's, uh, a lot of it's right there at the website, stopdoingnothing.com. There's the, the Patrick Allman fan page on Facebook. Yeah, Facebook and Instagram, and I would also suggest they follow you on Instagram if, they have, if they're not yet, because I absolutely adore the stuff you put on Instagram. That's, that's good stuff. But the website there, uh, patrickallman.com, I was smart enough to buy my domain if you're a speaker. Always make sure you buy the domain with your own name in it as soon as possible. But that's where you have my speaking services, my coaching services, links to social media. Uh, I recently um, hired a great social media team that's making me look even better than I can look on my own. Um, I'm a big fan of staying in your lane and doing what you do well. And this company takes my videos and they make them look so much better because I can work in iMovie and Final Cut, but I have learned that I am not an iMovie and Final Cut genius. So you're going to start seeing some really cool stuff come up my social media also. It all starts at the website right here. Good, good. Well, I, I'm excited to see more of that content because I enjoy everything you put out. Uh, I know our listeners will as well. And so we'll be linking to all of that in the show notes so they can get connected with you follow along, stay motivated, and most of all, stop doing nothing. Patrick, thank you so much for coming on the show this week. My pleasure. And I can't wait for the chance for us to meet in person now that we know each other this way, because we've actually, and we were talking about this before the show, we've been at the same conference. We just, I don't think we were aware of each other personally nope. or our brands at the time, but we were in the exact same building, probably shared eye contact at some point, knowing probably, the two of us. Probably did. So we will absolutely get that changed, hopefully within the next 12 months, if not sooner. Sounds good. As soon as they let us out of our houses, we'll be good to go. <laughs> That's right. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of the Compete Everyday Podcast. To get in touch with me or the show, email us at podcast at competeeveryday.com. To join our free Facebook community and get connected with other ambitious leaders working to win their work, their workouts, and their life, be sure to visit us at facebook.com slash groups slash compete every day. Until the next episode, keep competing every single day because your life is worth it.